Hi, and welcome to the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and one of the founders of Einblick Consulting. Our goal is to share inspirational stories, tips, and insights from B2B marketers, digital entrepreneurs, and industry experts that will help you to think differently, succeed, and scale your business. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp. And today I would like to welcome someone onto the show that I met um, a while back at the Customer Experience Professionals Association or CXPA event here in Toronto. And I've seen him many times and presenting and I've always admired his ability to question conventional wisdom and continuously improve, which I think is something that is paramount during these times of adversity. Uh, I apologize. That was a very long introduction, but uh, Stefan Segal, welcome to the show. Thank you, Christian. And um, so I'm I'm Stefan. Uh, thank you again for having me. Okay, Stefan. So why don't we just start by you telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? Um, I am the head of marketing and development at Phase Five, which is a mm-hmm. research company uh, mm-hmm. that does most of its work in the B two B space. Mm-hmm. Um, I also volunteer with a couple of organizations, the Customer Experience Professionals Association, as you mentioned, um, yes. and the Canadian Marketing Association, as well on their uh, CX Council, their Customer Experience Council. Well, that's uh, that's great, Stefan. And, uh, you know, once again, it's um, thank you for sharing that. And it's really nice to reconnect after having attended so many uh in-person events, which I really hope we get to do uh, sometime soon so that I can see you again in person. But, you know, for the time being, um, I guess uh, meeting up through virtual means will have to do. So, indeed. Um, so, on to the next question, Stefan. So, uh, like, you know, what are you currently working on that you're, um, that you're very excited about or, you know, that, that, that gets you quite motivated during this period? Well, thank you. And, yeah, speaking of B2B marketing and speaking of what we can't do right now. Mm. Um, the one thing that I'm really excited about is the, the the need, but also the ability, as we all get more creative, to pivot the marketing for Phase Five, right? For our own right. you know, business-to-business marketing research company, right? I had to adjust mm-hmm. the the strategy um, yes. from doing a lot of in-person events to to raise the profile of the firm and to Mm-hmm. Use conferences, for example, as you know, a platform for sharing thought leadership, um, and now getting to digital tactics, right? Due to the pandemic, yes. um, going to virtual events, uh, going to a lot more content marketing and um, all kinds of other uh, digital marketing techniques, mm-hmm. and that's to me that's exciting because it it pushes us to be to be creative, and and it works. Right, people yes. are on the receiving end. The audience is pivoting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as we understand where they are going and we pivot with them, I think we're in a good place. Yeah, no, that's a, that, that, that's a, that's um, such an incredible insight, Stefan. And you know, this is something that we've been hearing a lot uh, lately. It seems to be one of these buzzwords that you hear on webinars about pivoting. But uh, th- then again, you brought up such an interesting point about like you know companies and organizations needing to pivot as their customers pivot. And I, I think we were both on this uh, webinar where they were talking about um, reviewing uh, target personas and uh, buyers journeys, because those have probably been altered since the pandemic. Absolutely. Uh, we, you know, we talk a lot to clients about customer journey mapping and mm. our position is that, you know, whatever map 
journey map a company is using today uh, to deliver their product or service, whatever channel organization they have and, uh, you know, priorities among channels that can be thrown away because the touch points aren't the same. The emotional, you know, overlay on the various touch points isn't the same. And so all that has to be re, I guess, rediscovered first and then re Mm. to deliver accordingly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That, that's uh, that, that's so true. I mean, because uh, because things have uh, have changed, um, not just as a result of the pandemic, but also, you know, uh, we, we mustn't forget that there there is a recession. And uh, once we come out of all of this and hopefully this crisis subsides, um, things would be different and the organizations have to adjust accordingly. Right. That's right. All right. OK. Um, Stefan, you know, you have a very uh, impressive track record when it comes to market research, and which is also going to be the topic of discussion um, for today. Um, you've built up a successful career at organizations like Kantar uh, TNS Canada, and there you were the head of the CX practice for the Americas. And you were also the president of Harris Interactive Loyalty and IDSI before that. And uh, you've also built up a reputation as a specialist in B2B, and you've helped clients to address these business challenges, as well as opportunities around um, customer centricity. So here come the questions. Okay, so talk to us about the following. Okay, the first one is give us an example of how market research has enabled a B2B organization to make informed decisions that have in fact impacted their overall performance. And the second question is, cite an example of how research enabled an organization to innovate and deliver a better customer experience. Thank you, Christian. These are two great questions. I think on the first one, Hmm. there is a whole um, area of of market research these days, which used to be um, analytics. It used to be in a different uh, silo, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's come together. We have, you know, for example, at phase five, we have, uh, you know, a data science team on, yeah. you know, um, on staff. Um, and we're able to leverage analytics on customer satisfaction data and company data, mm. help our clients uh, segment their client base, their customer base, according to profitability and, and growth potential, right? And the right. result is instead of, um, you know, striving for, let's say, you know, the, the usual um, excellent customer satisfaction or, mm. or worse, um, you, know, up, you know, maximum customer satisfaction. And I'll come yeah. to that later, but mm-hmm. um, we help them optimize their, the delivery of their experience to their accounts um, with a priority scheme, depending on that account's profitability and growth potential. In other words, mm. serve all your customers the same way. Yes. Um, they deserve it. I know it's counter, I guess, counterintuitive and perhaps not very PC, mm-hmm. um, but n- not all customers deserve the same service. Right. Right. So, so that's an example of how research can help, um, you know, make better decisions that have an impact on, on honestly, financial performance. On the, on the, your second question, which is, you know, how to help an organization innovate. Um, more and more, we see B two B organizations relying on customer insights to drive 
their product development and innovation pipeline, right? So we, so for example, we're doing a number of, um, we're working on a number of projects with um, B2B companies in the manufacturing space, but as well in, in service, um, where we're engaging in research early on to generate the, who, the, the, the outcome of the research serves as input into the innovation loop. Um, so figuring out what um, customers need, uh, but very specifically using techniques such as jobs to be done or other innovation techniques uh, to find out what those needs are that the, that the innovation, right, the new product um, needs to deliver against. Right. Um, so right. In, in both cases, right, the first one has to do more with the experience. The second one more with the innovation um, those are the two, what we call the two pillars of customer centricity. Mm-hmm. We find that by focusing and helping our clients focus on customer centricity and become more customer centric, we can really help them compete better in the marketplace. Those are great observations and insights. And, uh, you know, thank you again for sharing that. Uh, but Stefan, if I may, I, I'd like to circle back to uh, something you you mentioned in your answer to the first question, where you mentioned that um, that not all uh, customers deserve uh, the same uh, level of service. Uh, could you expand on that a little bit further? Um, uh, does that have something to do with the level of profitability or long-term growth of the, of the particular account in question? It, it, it does. And the idea here, and I, I want to come back to what you said when you introduced me, mm. is, you know, being a little bit of a contrarian, right? Yes. You hear a lot out there about, you know, delivering the best experience possible to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um we think that what's it's, you know, while it's admirable, uh, mm-hmm. and if you were in a non-for-profit, if you were a government um, at, you know, whatever level, yes. um, that's absolutely true, right? You need to deliver mm-hmm. the same great experience to all your citizens. But if you are a for-profit organization, the goal isn't so much the satisfaction of your customers. That's only a means to an end. The end is your growth as an organization, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. profitable growth. Yes. And so what we've found is that B2B organizations typically have a number of clients that are loss, what we call loss-making clients, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, the account is not profitable right? Um, for, for a whole number of reasons. Find mm-hmm. what those reasons are, finding whether the, those accounts are redeemable Mm-hmm. Um, and are actually able to be course corrected, if you will, to yeah. make them become profitable again. That's really important. And if they're not, if you know, after a vetting process, you find from you know for finding more about them and their um, their goals uh, and their needs, um, they might have to be um, essentially taken out, closed mm-hmm. to. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, those accounts that have growth potential that do not eat up all your resources or more than they deserve, mm. um, those accounts that are you know ready, willing, and able to remunerate your efforts properly, um, those are worth more effort from your company to them in serving them better and delivering a better experience. Mm-hmm. I hope no, that those are, makes sense. Yeah. It's um, absolutely, you know, it's, it's so we talk more and more about optimizing customer value, yes, as opposed yes. to maximizing customer satisfaction. 
Right. Right. And, and, and those are really like, um, oh, thanks for clarifying that. And, uh, you know, now, now that you've explained it further, that, that, that certainly, um, not only makes sense, but it's also like, you know, fair enough. Right. It's also, it's also a question of like, um, uh, helping an organization to serve its clients in the best way, but that's at the same time, um, going through a kind of process of prioritization, because after all, every organization, regardless of their size, um, you know, it's always a question of resources and bandwidth as well. Correct. Absolutely. You yeah. got it. Right. Okay. Great. So, you know, Stefan, as we all know, and this has been the topic uh, almost since the beginning of the year, you know, the current pandemic and the recession, you know, th these these two um, occurrences have disrupted economies uh, um, around the world, and they've severely impacted every facet of our lives and the way that we work. And in spite of this adversity, however, there have been some positive, uh, you know, some positive developments, and I, you know, I'd like to um, talk about that a little bit further because it's quite easy to just slide into the uh, negative aspect of what's going on at the moment. Um, so, what are some of the positive trends that you have uh, spotted, or you know, that you've seen in the field of market research, and how do you think these changes have impacted B two B companies as well as small businesses? Uh, that's a great question uh, because. In, indeed, there have been positive developments from a you know from a research standpoint. Hmm. Um, the the first one being that respondent participation in in research, right, surveys, yes. other means, um, has actually increased. Yes, our hypothesis is that you know as people have been stuck at home, hmm. um, you know their their world has changed. Um, they have more time <laughs> loss, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. uh, one mm -hmm. way or another, yeah. um, the, the, their need to to talk, right, to communicate with other humans yeah. has actually in, increased. Mm. It's a way to relieve um, stress, essentially. Yes. So if a survey, if a, you know, if a piece of research is properly presented, if it shows um, understanding and 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 care, almost compassion, if you will, to the mm. respondent, mm. Um, the the propensity of that respondent to agree to participate will increase. Mm -hmm. We've seen that, right? Yeah. Um, so that's one factor on the, you know, on on the respondent side of the of the business, which of course is a huge resource to the to the research industry. Mm -hmm. On the other side, which is on the client side. We've seen increased demand for consumer and customer insights. You know whether you're B two B pure right. or B two B two C, and the need for insights to inform strategy as companies had to respond to the need to adjust. Right, mm -hmm. all these companies yes. we've been talking about pivoting, mm -hmm. um, all these companies that had to pivot, that had to accelerate their digital transformation, um, they had to find out. Uh, more about their customer needs, right? Mm. Um, yes. You know, if you all of a sudden, uh, you know, you had to, if you're in banking and you had to close your branches and deliver all the commercial banking services that you were delivering before to your business customers mm -hmm. um, digitally, well, you have to find out how they want it delivered, right? With what level of security and and so on and so forth. So many decisions had to be made um, that were informed by research. So mm -hmm. all in all, um, there has been a positive impact. You know, obviously, some research projects have been put on hold. Some have been canceled, uh, mm -hmm. especially 
you know, in, in, uh, in the consumer space. Um, mm -hmm. But overall, there's been an increase as well in other areas. Mm -hmm. It's not been all bad. Right, right. No, exactly. I mean, you know, those are those are some great observations and uh, uh, in, in, interesting point that you brought up about research projects being um, put on hold or canceled. But we'll get back to that one in a second. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious to know, Stefan, like, you know, and uh, this is probably something that you've heard as well. And uh, I'd like to uh, I'd be interested in your take on it. Do you feel that because of or shall I say, as a result of the pandemic, do you feel that expectations among customers has gone up? And I'm not necessarily just talking about B2B. I mean, this could be applicable to uh, B2C as well. Uh, what's your What's your take on that? So it's not so much, and I, I don't want to get technical, but it's mm. much that expectations have changed is that the level of emotional, let's, let me call it emotional charge yes. um, that people are on, whether they're a business owner or a consumer, um, when it comes to interactions with their providers, any providers, that level of emotional charge has been up big time, mm. right? So yes. if, if you're going to, you know, if you think about a range, right, a, a, a band uh, within which you could measure their um, emotional response to a transaction, mm -hmm. it has been a lot wider now than it ever was. Yes. So if you satisfy them with what you're delivering to them or how you're delivering it to them today, they their positive emotions will be far greater and more positive than they used to be, mm -hmm. which is which is the good news, right? You'll get yes. their loyalty and, and commitment out of that. Mm -hmm. If, however, you've disappointed them, um, while in the past they might have forgiven you, mm -hmm. the current state of affairs many we see many uh cases of customer attrition due to that right? mm. companies that do not that have not responded properly either in the what or in the how okay. um have uh seen a lot of uh churn mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. not so much the expectations as it's been the the emotions involved Yes, no, no, you're absolutely right. And that's probably something, you know, the emotional factor is probably something that not every um, every research um, necessarily takes into consideration. That's, that's probably right. a factor that's sometimes left out, right? So, Especially okay. in, in B2B. Exactly, exactly. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. So, um, yeah, going back to uh, what we were talking about, you know, with in terms of uh, resources or the lack of them, um, you know, everybody ushered in the year 2020 with an annual plan or strategy. And many organizations have also probably set aside some budget and resources to conduct market research. And they were doing that until until the pandemic hit and we went into lockdown and uh, everybody was, uh, you know, asked to work from home and, and so forth. So, you know, given all of those things and 
um, you know, putting that into perspective, uh, you know, what kind of advice have you been giving to clients who have, you know, from one day to the other, have just seen their research budgets either reduced or taken away from them? Um, thank you. That's a great question, Christian. The, mm. the, the situation that we've seen is that in in a number of cases, um, you know, research programs were at least put on hold mm-hmm. or there were discussions about canceling them altogether. And what we've been telling clients is it's it's like, look, you know, this is this is like driving without a map, right? right. Only so far you can go without getting into an accident. Yes. Um, you can go for a little bit because you remember the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as you're in uncharted territory, yeah. you're probably going to run into trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Especially in this case where we are getting into uncharted territory. We yeah. have customers asking us to do things that we didn't do before or to do mm. things we did before, but not through the same channels, right? And yeah. to us, um, research with those customers, right, to find out how they want things, um, mm-hmm. through which channels, delivered how, when, for how much, you know, pricing, and, and so on and so yeah. forth. That, that's the map, right? Mm-hmm. The insights that will give you the direction you need to mm-hmm. launch your product properly, to communicate about your brand properly, to, you know, deliver experiences properly, um, the, you know, with a higher level of precision than going out, not knowing. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one thing. The other thing that we've told them, uh, and that's more in the CX on the CX side of research, right? We, right. We, we talked to a lot of clients who said, Oh, you know what? It is not the time to survey people. People are worried enough. You know, let's not ask them questions. Mm-hmm. So we totally agree with that. Right. However, mm-hmm. Uh, those customers of yours, we know um, they, you know, they depend on you, right? So yeah. Their emotional need is is still there, and so show them that you that you're still listening to them. Mm-hmm. Ask them how they are doing, as opposed to ask them to tell you how you are doing. Right. right. Flip it around, uh, but by all means, continue to reach out to them. Give them mm-hmm. voice. Uh, maintain your listening post, mm-hmm. and and you'll out of it, you'll continue to better understand how your customer base is evolving. They are evolving needs and expectations and emotions and perceptions, which is everything that goes into driving strategy properly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, that, that's some really great advice, uh, Stefan. And I think uh, the one that really resonated with me was the, you know, the one where you mentioned, uh, you know, continuously reaching out to customers. And, you know, this is also something that I've been doing for the past couple of months. And, uh, and, and and I think uh, the one thing that's important to remember also is that um, it, you know it's always about continuous relationship building, even if that doesn't necessarily translate into um, shall I say an immediate transaction, right? And um, I think uh, coming from my perspective, because I'm the branding guy, and uh, you know there's been a lot of talk also about that lately about um, companies or organizations saying maybe now is not the right time to do um, a branding exercise. And while I tend to agree that maybe now is not the right time for a brand relaunch, um, it, I think it's still important for organizations to continue to be um, uh, top of mind uh, with, with their customers. It's just going to have to be, as you've rightfully alluded to, it has just has to be in a different way as compared to, like, say, last year or two years ago. It, right? well, because circumstances have changed. Absolutely. And, and mm-hmm. you're, you know, genuinely 
caring for your customers, which hopefully, you know, our listeners are. Yes. Tell them that you care, right? Right. Um, there is there has never been anything wrong with showing someone you care about them, whether you're in a personal relationship or a mm-hmm. best relationship. Um, and, and it's it's really interesting. We've we've done a study recently we mm-hmm. to kind of measure the impact of um, in this case the the banks of yeah. what their outreach or lack of outreach did to um, their, you know customer perceptions. Found that there was a growing gap um, in terms of um, you know experience scores, whether it's satisfaction or NPS or any one of those metrics, mm-hmm. um, between those banks that reached out to their customers proactively, yeah, and those that didn't. Same mm-hmm. with insurance companies, right? I, I, yes. I don't know if you have a car, but uh, yes, we do. Some insurance companies reached out to their auto customers. And mm-hmm. offered a rebate because we're, we couldn't drive, right? Couldn't right. work, couldn't go anywhere. You're in lockdown, mm-hmm. so you're not driving. Some insurance companies took the initiative to reach out to their customers for their auto insurance business and say, mm-hmm. here's a discount, right? Yes. Some didn't. Some waited for the customers. You know, if, if I'm a customer and I hear about this discount that I'm mm-hmm. getting from their insurers, and I've not received a letter from mine. Mm-hmm. How do you think I feel? How do you think I it's going to impact my loyalty, mm-hmm. renewal time, right? So absolutely, yeah. real impact. It, it's yeah. really interesting. Yes, and and and, and uh, you know, to your point, Stefan. I mean, those those companies that didn't reach out to their customers. I mean, we all know who they are, right? So that's right. We don't we don't even have to mention their name. We just you know you just mention the industry and say okay. So they didn't they didn't. Uh, do, do the right thing and reach out. So that's right. Exactly. Okay. So here we come uh, to the next question, which is you know, on uh, speaking of uh, challenging conventional wisdom. Um, you know, we've obviously, as, as you know, we've been discussing in the past couple of minutes, you know, seen some trends, um, some practices perhaps, which are currently either obsolete or just not really relevant to the current situation. So, you know, in your professional opinion, um, what are some of these best practices, uh, this so-called uh, conventional wisdom that we have come to just accept because that's, that's just the way we've been doing things for years? What are some of these best practices in B2B market research that are actually hurting businesses at the moment? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a good, fo- it's a good follow-up. Um, mm. I'd say some of those... Um, I guess, you know, wisdoms, right? Mm-hmm. Are, yeah. um, they're not so much in market research as they are in a way upstream for market research. And the, uh-huh. the influences that prevent market research to be done in the B2B space sometimes, which is, a, which is you know, I have a sales team, right? Yeah. They know my customers. Why do I need research, mm. right? My salespeople know their clients, Right, they golf with them all the time. They know, you know, their yeah. kids names, kids' birthdays. Mm-hmm. Um, why should I? Why would I ask them any questions? Well, that's you know, that's not correct. Um, right, and you know, you need an objective way um, to ask people the right questions outside of that relationship, which is mm-hmm. biased by you know whether you get the sale or not, whether mm-hmm. you have the contract or not, and so on and so forth. Um, and, and by the way, part of it 
is part of that same um, conventional wisdom, which wisdom, which is that B two B decisions are not influenced by emotions. Mm. That is a myth as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you are, you know, a CIO in a large enterprise level um, company. Yeah. And um, you're looking at different suppliers of, you know, whatever it is, uh, telecom, for example, um, you're going to take into account that company's reputation. You're going to take into account that company's executive team's um, sort of personality. Yeah. Um, you're going to take into account their brand and how that brand makes you feel. Right. thing you're hearing, right? right? This is all about emotions. This is not yes. about, you know, whether they check the box in your um, RFP and whether their price is uh, better or worse than the other. Of course, mm-hmm. right? Those tangible yeah. aspects have a huge role, mm-hmm. but so do the emotions. Um, and I think these are aspects that we as professionals have to educate the market about. Yeah. No, those are the, the, those are some uh, amazing observations, Stefan. And, and the one I'm uh, the one I completely agree with is is the one about the the emotional aspect and uh, how how little I'm gonna say how little airtime that gets in B two B marketing, mm-hmm. um, because because it is um, it's probably not as emotional or compulsive as say like uh, you know consumer facing uh, products or organizations, but there is there is a certain uh, element of emotion. Uh, involved in the process as well. Yeah, exactly. And let's let's just say that it's, you know, the proportion is maybe smaller, but it's yes. still there. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, moving on to uh, another question. Uh, actually, I'm going to roll these two questions into one, um, just, to, uh, just for the interest of time, um, you know, uh, on the topic, again, of challenging conventional wisdom. Um, in your area of expertise, and that one being market research, what is... Uh, one thing that you think people should start doing right now and one thing that people should stop doing? So when it comes to research, I guess, and I'm not trying to be facetious, but Mm. do not stop doing research. And if you haven't started before, start now, Mm. Um, right? Start now doing on a regular basis, find Mm. out, you know, keep, it's a way to keep the finger on the pulse of your customers, right? Right. Uh, it's a way to help you anticipate their needs if those needs are going to change. Mm-hmm. A way for you mm-hmm. to anticipate whether a new opportunity presents itself, right. as opposed to guessing, right? Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. research. What research is all about? It's taking the guessing out of decisions. Right? Absolutely. It's and and, and rece- re- yeah, exactly. And and pandemic or no pandemic, recession or no recession. I mean, exactly, this be, exactly. Yeah. It's it's enabling you to make decisions based on facts and data. That's right. What it is. Yes. No. Uh, absolutely. Uh, totally agree with you. Um, so, Stefan, uh, what what is the the best piece of career advice that you've received, and uh, how how did that you know? How, how, has, how has that served you well in your, you know, your, in your professional career? I, I think the best piece of advice is, is you know, as it relates to, to you know, a career in, in research, um, is that, you know, don't get into research if you're not passionate about it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that, by the way, is the same advice that you should receive in any field. In, in general, and, yeah. <laughs> um, and then know your strengths. Know what, not just your strengths, but also what you like doing. Mm-hmm. Be flexible and creative as to where to apply those. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it might very well be that uh, if you are in a, you know, in a data center, um, you have great analytical skills, but you're interested into what that means, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that might make you a great person for a role in research mm. and, and vice versa, right? So research is yeah. not a silo. It is a place where, um, you know, people come in with a certain mindset, with a certain skill set. Um, but it's, also, it's just one of the places where you can leverage those. Um, so it's, to me, it's, you know, you're not stuck if you're in it, uh, and you're not out of it if you're currently in a separate space. So, uh, cons- you know, consider the flexibility of moving into it or moving out of it, uh, to further, um, grow your personal ecosystem and your personal space. Yeah. No, that's a that, that, that's such a great way of looking at it too. And um, you know, uh, to your point, I think I, I I also had somebody tell me many many years ago uh, when I was a young uh, like uh, product manager who also had to do a lot of research. Uh, that person's uh, piece of advice to me was, um, you might not see it right now, but uh, try to see the story that the data is telling you, mm-hmm. right? And extract that story and be able and and I think the 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 art and the science, if you will. Is to extract that that those insights and create a story out of that that you can tell to, and whoever that's going to be the salespeople, the the board of directors, um, I mean, both that's, of which we had to present to. You're absolutely right, Christian. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the reason you do you engage in research is to influence decisions, right? Right. So yes. you know, if you put a great piece of research in a difficult to understand format whether it's because it looks ugly or, or yeah. it's, yeah. you know, messy yeah. Yeah. or not yeah. well written, mm. you're not going to have the same impact. So take into account the storytelling. Think about, uh, as we do at Phase 5, think about storyboarding before you put a report together. Yes. Again, always think about the audience first and how to best um, make sense to them and influence their their minds. Right. Absolutely. It's a great way to... Um, to, to wrap this up probably. Yeah, no, indeed, indeed. And, uh, you know, Stefan, uh, thank you so much. This has been such an extremely insightful and fun session. And, uh, you know, thank you for, for sharing your expertise and your experience with us. Um, what's the best way for people out there to connect with you? Well, first of all, you, you're very welcome, Christian. This was fun as well uh, for me. I hope, um, you know, the content was useful. Absolutely. <laughs> Anyone out there wants to connect with me directly, um, I'm at stefans at phase-5.com. Um, and otherwise, 647-207-4468. And I'd love to speak with anyone who's interested. Amazing. Um, Stefan, once again, thanks so much for your time. This has been such a thought-provoking discussion. So um, be well, stay safe, and uh, talk to you soon. You Bye too. Now. Bye now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.
Oh, 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 oh,